Welcome to the Real Kill Podcast. This is your host and writer for your entertainment corner, Kelsey Loizel. And with me today is my co-host. You know, I'm very proud of myself for Why? that for that one. It was good. It was good, yeah. And I and you know what? Didn't worry about the levels too much because I knew what the fuck I was doing. Yeah. No one knows who you are, by the way. <sighs> it's Mark Salcedo. Hi. <laughs> Mark Salcedo, uh, managing editor and writer at ScreenGate. <laughs> Got that right. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. The curse is broken. <laughs> Have you ever had plantar's fasciitis? Uh, no. Blind bitch. <laughs> That's your fucking quote. I purposely didn't look at it because I was like, it's got to be something really funny. And your quote is, lying bitch. You laughed. I did. <laughs> so wait, what is it? Fashion liliitis? <laughs> yeah, fashion liliitis. No, it's planters. Planters. Fasciitis. Fasciitis. Is that an actual thing? or Yeah. What is that? It's, I don't know. Something to do with your sciatic nerve. Mm-hmm. I was half paying attention to the person at work today. <laughs> oh, my God. This person doesn't listen to the podcast, even though he said he would. Mm-hmm. But his admin does. And she'll tell him because she knows because we're both laughing because he very loudly on the phone was asking probably presumably a client. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you ever had plantar fasciitis? It's just like out of nowhere. Out like... of nowhere. It was very loud. <laughs> my answer would have been click. <laughs> Because apparently he has it right now, or, or had it recently, or something. All right. All right. It's <laughs> called plantar's fasciitis? Fasciitis. Okay. While, while you do that, I'm going to look this up. <laughs> all right. Um, Wait, platter or planner? Planter. Oh, planter. Okay. Um, yeah. So you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Real Appeal. Two E's in real. And you can email us at The Real Appeal at gmail.com if you could please review us on itunes and we'll get noticed mm-hmm. and our segments for this week's show are our recent review of Lightyear, our variety time queen creates an iconic soundtrack and our geriatric cinematic is flash gordon the one that came out in 1980 mark what's the terpic the terpic is origins in space Hi. <laughs> All right. So I found what is plantar fasciitis. 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 Fuck it. <laughs> An inflammation of a thick band of tissue that connects the heel bone to the toes. The inflamed tissue runs across the bottom of the foot. Symptoms include stabbing pain near the heel. Pain might be worse in the morning. Treatments include physical therapy, shoe inserts, steroid injections, and surgery. Apparently, very common. So I, so I have to ask you, does he ask every client that fucking question? No, just today. Oh, just today? And at least twi- twice, I think. <laughs> Did he go, hey, do you have plantar fasciitis? Plantar fasciitis? <laughs> I, know I'm, I know I'm still saying it wrong, but fuck it. <laughs> I, I think he was, t- he was very animated when he tells stories. So he's like, oh my God, you know, the sciatic nerve pain was really bad, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> And then the second time, like, I was really in the middle of work. And all uh, of a sudden, I just hear him, have you ever had plantar fasciitis? I'm like, what? I started laughing. That would have been funny if you looked at him and he's, like, looking in a mirror saying that. 
He well, the funny thing is, I saw him. Mm-hmm. I was laughing, and then he paces a lot when he's on the phone, and he's very loud. So, um, <laughs> so he saw me, and he kind of did a double take because he didn't realize he was that loud. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then he's like, apparently, I said that louder than I meant to. Were, were you just like staring at him? Uh, yeah, I was looking at him while yeah, I was laughing. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, apparently I said that louder than I meant to. And then I said, that's going on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you should, um, <laughs> you know, you should do <laughs> just like whenever, whenever you overhear a conversation and it doesn't really have to mean anything, but if you're overhearing a conversation, just like bluntly yell out that's going on the podcast and just don't tell him what just say that's going on the podcast and walk away and just do that throughout the day so people be like what what and then they'll all start listening maybe i'll punk him you'll punk him mm-hmm. nice 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 you know i had a story to tell you but um fuck i can't remember it uh i'll tell you the other okay i'll tell you the other story um, so I had a nightmare last night. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, now I should have saw this coming because I tend to have nightmares more frequent when I have, um, a fan like on, directly on me. Something, it's, it's really strange. It is. It is. But honestly, that it happens every time. It happens every time or most of the time. If the fan is just on me and not oscillating, mm-hmm. like something, something will just make me have a nightmare. Okay. Or that will make me have a nightmare. And and I was having like this really intense dream that I was talking to like a, th- uh, a psychiatrist. Um, not my psychiatrist, but like just a psychiatrist and talking to him about like my medication and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And being like terrified that like it's going to have like some weird effect on me because um, my my psychiatrist has, has told me recently that like, oh, the medication you take in the morning, take in the evening to help you sleep. And I did that last night to, to kind of see if it works. Um, Did it work? Not really. <laughs> so I had to talk to him about that. But like in this dream, I was like freaking out thinking like maybe it's going to make me have like intense, scary dreams or some shit like that. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I started having an intense. I had a dream within the dream and it was a tense, scary dream. And you ever like wake up and you kind of like kind of like open your eyes for a second or something like that. And whatever you see kind of like goes into your mind. Like, in, you know, I I don't know if this ever happened to you, but like sometimes when I, if I'm like half awake, I might see something and it might come into my dream. Like I might be like, it might leave like an imprint or some shit. Well, well, sometimes sounds do that too. Yeah. So like on As my, we know from Tom Cruise. <laughs> so on my, <laughs> on my door there, I, I see my jacket and, and one of my hats. Right. Mm-hmm. And I remember in that dream, I was like, I remember when I, I remember when I saw it for like a split second, I was like, that was kind of weird. Right. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's kind of weird. It kind of looks like, that kind of looks like William Defoe, and then oh I went. Hold on, and then I went back to sleep. Right, and the dream got more and more intense. Oh shit! And then out of nowhere, <laughs> out of nowhere, William Defoe shows up like a demon, like blah. <laughs> like and I and I woke up like, <laughs> like just terrified, screaming and shit. I was like, oh, oh shit, right? And then I looked at the jacket. I was like. All right, that's not William Defoe. But I turned on the light and went back to sleep. I was like, sleep in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just one of my normal sleep habits. Yeah, but like about that one time. The Tom Cruise one. 
No, the one in New York. Oh, when I, <laughs> when I woke up kicking the wall and laughing. <laughs> you were not, you didn't just wake up doing that. You were doing that for a while. Was I doing it for a while? Yes. <laughs> all I remember is, I, I think in that dream, all I remember is, I think I was hanging out with Donald Glover. <laughs> and like, I think I told him something funny or he told me, no, I told him something funny. And I think I told him a dad joke. Uh-huh. And I thought it was so funny that in the dream I started laughing, <laughs> and apparently it affected the real world. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like in the wall. You were kicking the wall. <laughs> oh you my. didn't tell me that you were dreaming about Donald Glover. I thought I did. I thought it was <laughs> Donald Glover. All I remember is like whatever I told him was fucking funny. Mm. I mean, did he think it was funny? I think so. He must have if you were laughing that hard. Well, I mean. I, you know me and dad jokes. I love dad jokes. I'll just laugh no matter how. Yeah, but you care what he thinks. So you wouldn't be laughing if he didn't laugh. I know, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> he'd be like, oh, fuck. Don't, don't leave me. I know. Don't leave me. Come back, Donald Glover. Come back to my dreams. He's gone. <laughs> All right. Um, you want to get into our review? Yes. All right. What are we reviewing? We are going to do our recent review of Lightyear. A year of work for a four-minute flight. Isn't that something? <laughs> We're all ready if you are, sir. Well, let's go find out if this... Uh, we got a breach in the perimeter. Thank you. Buzz Lightyear mission log. After a full year of being marooned on this planet, our first test flight is a go. Get everyone home. Good luck, Captain. We're all counting on you! Roger that. There's a star waiting in the sky. Hello, Buzz. Whoa. I am Socks, your personal companion robot. We'd like to come and We're being pursued by a... Just a massive robot! The synopsis is, while spending years attempting to return home, marooned space ranger Buzz Lightyear encounters an army of ruthless robots committed by Zerg, who are attempting to steal his fuel uh, fuel source. Directed by Angus McLean, written by Jason Headley and Angus McLean, it stars Chris Evans, Kiki Palmer, Peter Sun, Taika Waititi, and Dale Souls. Or Souls. Souls. Or Saules. <laughs> Dale Saules. Um, Saules. So, <laughs> which some could say that, that this movie was. Um, so, okay, so Lightyear. The, okay, so this is a spinoff of the persona, the character of Buzz Lightyear. Um, so... It's it's not it's not a it's not a movie of the it's not character. a sequel it's not like a prequel even it's it's it is it's a prequel it says at the beginning that this this movie takes place like in 1995 or Andy from the Toy Story well, world sees really, it in 1995 well because Buzz Lightyear the character mm-hmm. would have to be in it for it to be a prequel it's just basically like the child's movie that it's based off of yeah it's the child's it's it's the movie the child watched. That made him go buy the Buzz Lightyear 
toy. I would call it prequel adjacent. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, let's say that. So it's not based off like the actual an actual person named Buzz Lightyear. It's based off of a character within a movie, within a movie of Toy Story, <laughs> within like the universe within the universe, the whole Inception kind of thing. Um, so Kelsey, what did you what did you think of Lightyear? Um, someone asked me that at work yesterday. Okay, and I said. I enjoyed it more than Jurassic World. <laughs> agree. Totally agree. Where like a Jurassic World, you're talking about uh, Dominion, right? Yeah. Okay. Where Jurassic World Dominion for me frustrated me. This yeah. one was it just, it was okay. It, it was, uh, it was okay. It wasn't, you know, it, it, what, one thing I will, one thing I have to say, this movie is kind of, I don't say it's dark, but it gets kind of complex and, certain times it can get dark mm-hmm. like uh like the whole concept of like time travel and like i, I forgot I, it's called time dilation i think it's called time dilation is the correct term um that happens within this movie mm-hmm. you know which, it's like that whole thing like a mark kelly and his brother they're twins mm-hmm. right oh the astronauts right yeah okay. and one of them has been to space a lot more i think or mm-hmm. something like that mm-hmm. and their bodies are aging differently yeah yeah exactly um so anything what, what do you think of what do you think of the directing from angus mcclain the directing was okay mm-hmm. I, I didn't think that there was much about it that i would write home about mm-hmm. um I also think that part of directing is definitely casting. Mm-hmm. I know Chris Evans is hot shit, but not for this movie. Honestly, I will say that Kiki Palmer and Taika Waititi and even uh, Dale, like basically everyone other than Chris Evans. Mm-hmm brought some soul into the fucking movie yeah which is weird because like chris evans has been proven time and time again in his previous films that he is a very and even in interviews he's a very charismatic he's a very funny person he's very um he's like the he is he is captain america you Mm -hmm. know given like his thoughts on uh politics and democracy and everything like that yeah which is weird because his voice i don't i don't know if he's voice acting anything else but within this it seemed pretty soulless or stilted or just like... Well, the thing that makes Chris Evans really good at what he does as far as acting goes is his ability to use his face, too. Mm-hmm. Like, you can see the sarcasm on his face or the pain or whatever. Mm-hmm. Chris Evans, as a voice without a human face... Mm-hmm. Is very vanilla sounding. Yeah, totally vanilla sounding. And not much of a like, oh, this is the Buzz Lightyear person. You know, this is to infinity and beyond kind of of character that we're used to, um, that we're used to seeing. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, that that we're aware, that we know of in like the Toy Story universe. Yeah. Um, But I really liked Kiki Palmer. Mm Mm-hmm. And I really like Taika Waititi. Um, I think I didn't. It wasn't so much the actress I think I liked, but the the character Darby Steele. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, quick note. So he has done voice work, uh, Battle for Terra, and the TMNT 
movie that came out in 2007. He voiced uh, Casey Jones. That's the thing. I don't hear anybody talking about like his his voice acting in either of those movies. Yeah. Mm. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, that's it. I just I I think Kiki Palmer stole the show. Um, Should have been about her. I know. And you and you like Kiki Palmer. I remember you you like what was something else that we saw her in. I, I feel like we saw something with her. She's really in weird. Nope. I know she's in Nope, but I feel like we saw her something in recently. You thought you saw her recently or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay, so to kind of to kind of have a better understanding of what this movie is about, uh, I found this interview on uh, Yahoo Entertainment, right? This is from uh, Angus, uh, Angus McClain. He had said, uh, when coming up with the idea for Toy Story. Uh, so he, he says, when I went to Pixar, I pitched, I pitched this movie... Uh, Angus gave the purpose. Oh, I'm sorry. This is this is the producer who said that quote. Uh, okay, so in the interview, what Angus McLean did say, he says, "I went to Pixar Studios and and uh, gave him the pitch." Uh, Angus began the, uh, with a PowerPoint presentation, and he said, "Okay, so this is what Angus said." So when I was a kid, I loved Star Wars. He said he he said. His whole world is Star Wars. He had all the toys. He, uh, he saw every movie. And he said when he saw the first Toy Story movie, and Andy got Buzz Lightyear, and all of his friends knew who Buzz Lightyear was. He wondered what the movie was, and what was the movie, sorry, what the movie was that Andy and his friends saw that made Buzz so popular. And to me, I was like, that makes perfect sense. Hmm. So it's just pretty much like this whole fantasy idea of like, this is the movie. And this is the toy, and that inspired Andy to get to get the toy. You know, just like I don't know when they like they make like a Batman movie, mm-hmm. and they get like toys. Boom, that's it. Gotcha. So it's, it's a movie within the movie. No, we haven't seen her in anything. I know she's been on like an episode of Insecure. Mm, okay. Or okay. whatever. She's coming out in another movie this year mm-hmm. with Common and Johnny Lee Miller. I have no idea what, what it's movie called. Is. Alice. No idea. I clicked on it. It's a slave movie. A slave in the antebellum south escapes her secluded plantation only to discover a shocking reality that lies beyond the tree line. That movie already came out. What's it called? Alice. No, that's the different movie. That had um, Janelle Monet, I think. Oh. But this movie, the the cover art is a picture of her like in 70s get no, up. No, it did come out already. It came out in March. I do remember seeing about that movie. Yeah, it came out in March. Yep, I do remember that movie. You watched it? I didn't watch it. I saw the trailer for it. I was like, oh, that's an interesting concept. And I just never watched oh. it. <laughs> um, okay, so, so, so sorry, back to Lightyear. Um, yeah, like, I, yeah, I totally agree with you with the director. It's like really nothing special. It, this, if anything, this movie's just more, it's more perplexing like on how they sold this movie as a Pixar Pixar film, mm-hmm. um, and like they, I mean, certain there are Pixar films where like the matter gets pretty dark. Like for example, Up, you know, it, it deals with like death and grief and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. But it still does it in a very entertaining kind of like emotional, heartful kind of way. Mm-hmm. This one deals with the idea of like missing time and how. That can fuck up a person, but like they never go into how that fucks up a person. Just like, oh, this is an obstacle we gotta like climb over, and we're at now there's Zerg and all like all that weird yeah. shit that started <laughs> happening. Um, so it so any 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 opinions on uh, the the writing 
by uh, Jason Headley and Angus McClain? Um, I think they they wrote the characters well. Like they're pretty good at writing characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like funny. I guess like I liked the the chemistry between a lot of them. Mm. I really don't think how they. Well, and honestly, there was some suspense, too, which I really thought was good. Like, you don't always get that in in a kid's movie in a way that really matters. And so there were some moments where the suspense was real, I guess. I never really got a sense of, like, suspense or... I don't know, like... Okay, like, like for that movie, like, Inside Out, right? Uh-huh. There's, like, suspense in there. and There is somewhat suspense there, but there's a level of, like... <gasps> Like shock, like mo- shocking moments and stuff like that. And this one, it was I didn't get any of that at all. Like I don't know, I I just maybe because like this character, this Buzz Lightyear character, or maybe because it was voiced by Chris Evans, the way how they portrayed that character, I always felt like yeah, that character is gonna be fine. Like he's gonna like succeed because he's Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, you know? and also it's a kids movie. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but I really liked. What was I going to say? I don't know. What were you going to say? <laughs> I was saying something about the suspense. Mm-hmm. Oh, the... I thought, I thought there was enough character growth to, like... Like, enough character development to kind of carry the story. That's mm-hmm. what made the movie okay. Because in the beginning, mm-hmm. I didn't give two shits about anybody, including Kiki Palmer's character, which mm-hmm. was Izzy. Like, Izzy. Yeah. I did not care about anybody and i just thought the characters were hollow because they were trying to make you like look it's a pixar movie everyone's so nice and awesome and look at this Mm -hmm. i'm like i don't care (laughs) and then finally they start getting into like this whole character development phase and i was like Mm -hmm. okay that's okay so that's why i was like okay it sucked for the first like 10 to 15 minutes and then i Mm -hmm. felt like it got better Mm -hmm. but it's still not like an amazing movie um uh, yeah i mean but I, I i i didn't feel that way with the um caring for like certain characters like like it's like the izzy character i did like i did care for her like when she first showed up i was already enjoying well like, I- izzy yes i'm sorry izzy yes but not whoever was her oh, grandmother her, mother, her oh the grandmother yeah 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 um but i did care about her I just didn't care about her at the very beginning because they just threw you into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this, this movie at the beginning introduces like this concept that's actually, um, I think, uh, oh, it was Uzo uh, Aduba who played uh, Alicia Hawthorne, and that was the mother. Oh yeah, the grandmother. Yeah, the grandmother. Oh yeah, that's the homegirl from Orange is the New Black. Damn, that's wasted potential right there. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, like, and 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 one one thing I one thing I have, uh, sorry, one thing that I have heard, um, other people say, like other critics have said, and I and I agree with that. That this feels like it should have. It, I think it would have been better off if it was, if it was like a series. Like the movie is like an hour and forty minutes, and it feels some of it feels kind of rushed, especially like the first, what like fifteen minutes where we're kind of like just speeding through like. You know them being marooned on this planet and them trying to escape on the escape the planet and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's like and it's like this whole concept of like, oh, like what's up with their like survival? How is that survival gonna like? How are they gonna keep going on this planet where they possibly have like no resources? 
which they they dismayed that really quick. They're like, no, we have all the resources yeah. that we ever will fucking need. And we never tell you how. Yeah, that's enough. <laughs> all they say was the planet had abundant resources. Yeah, it didn't. It sure as shit did not look the part. I'm like, no. I, didn't, I didn't see no fucking water. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe they didn't need water. I mean, you know, it's the Pixar universe. I don't remember seeing Andy drink water. No, they Ever. never did. <laughs> Ever. Um, but yeah, like, and and I know there is a there was a Buzz Lightyear Buzz Lightyear of Star Command cartoon show that came out maybe like maybe like ten years ago. And it was a Buzz Lightyear was voiced by like Patrick Warburton, I think is how you say his name. Um, but like this movie, it, I don't know. Like I, if they had turned this into like a series, I think I would have been like more inclined to like enjoy it because then it would have been like time, like with these more time with these characters and like more time for like growth and shit like that. Yeah. And even like the trailer kind of sets it up as like, oh, this is the origin story of Buzz Lightyear. This is how he becomes. To infinity and beyond. Yeah, like I thought it was about, like the trailer made it seem like it was about the toy. Yeah, and like this isn't, this, isn't, this wasn't an origin story. This is like a part two of a trilogy of like Buzz Lightyear movies. Yeah. Um, which I think, like, I don't know, it felt, I felt, that's why I kind of felt like maybe the, maybe during the planning stages, they were like, well, this, you know, people, people already know what Buzz Lightyear is. Let's just, Fucking just go for it and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And um, not everybody watched the cartoon. Not everybody rem- remembers the cartoon. Um, I didn't even know the cartoon existed. I know, right? Um, but I think, given it the origin story that it deserved, I think if the movie would have done a lot better, or or I would have at least enjoyed it a lot more. Um, the what was that cartoon about? It was, it was essentially what happens at the end of this movie. Really? Yeah. We're like, in Buzz Lightyear Star Command, they go across, I mean, they do stuff across the galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I really think that they, did you mean that they could make it a series, like, a series of movies or another TV series? A TV series. Like, I think this would have been great for on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. But as long as they start somewhere, not just, yeah, you know steamroll right past all the important parts yeah yeah exactly exactly not like not like it's um, and like i'd love to see him in academy oh yeah yeah exactly like how does he become buzz Lightyear? buzz Lightyear? you know and i know like some people are like we're done with origin stories and stuff like that you know and a lot of times like a character um you know a lot of times people will watch an origin story and then at the last like what 30 minutes of the movie or something like that that character becomes the character that we all know and love and stuff like that you know mm-hmm. case more like uh i was i was maybe kind of like spider-man or something like that right so let's say like spider-man for example mm-hmm. all right cool um but that's why i think the origin story would have worked better if one they kind of like fished like worked it out a little bit more mm-hmm. like at least maybe give it more time like let's say in movie format Give it close to like an hour and fifty. Let's get let's put another ten minutes in there. Okay, they got to spend like the first ten minutes actually getting you up to date of who is Buzz Lightyear. How does he, how does he become Buzz Lightyear? Fifteen minutes, right? Mm-hmm. And then stuff happens, and maybe like halfway through the movie, like an hour into it, boom, we got the Buzz Lightyear, and then like it could be like this big spectacle of like him becoming like the hero that like he's supposed to be or what we know as Buzz Lightyear, you know? Um, or if not, turn into a series. You got like. 
Buzz Lightyear and Stark in Stark Academy. It's like doing all this you kind of stuff. You could just spend like two or three. By the th- end of the third episode, mm-hmm. they're already out of Academy. Yeah, exactly. So you don't have to spend like an entire season yeah. on Academy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so you want to hop into the spoiler section? Yeah. All right, so we're going to talk about Buzz Lightyear. Uh, I'm sorry, Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> we're <gonna talk laughs> well, about, we are. I, we're going to talk about Buzz Lightyear, but more importantly, we're going to talk about the movie Lightyear. <laughs> as a whole <laughs> um so if you don't want to be spoiled here's your spoiler bumper right about now Sorry. <laughs> I know my, uh, my voice is just fucking raspy as fuck today. First, let me apologize to Kelsey. Uh, Kelsey went, ow. That's because I hit her foot. Like my pinky toe. With Did your, I hit your pinky toe? Yeah, with your sharp toenail. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> just reminding you who's the boss. I know. That's me. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, all right, since we're in the spoiler section... Um, So the time dilation part. Yes. Okay. Which has been explored, you know, in recent memory in Inception. Oh, no, sorry, not Inception. In uh, Interstellar. Interstellar, right? Uh-huh. That's a dark concept that comes within this movie. The fact that, like, Buzz Lightyear, you know, he's trying to figure, he's trying to get the hyperspace, 100% hyperspace and shit like that, but he loses four years with every trip, right? Mm-hmm. That gets pretty dark if you think about it. Like, can you imagine, like, one minute you're here, and then the next minute you're not, and you come back, and four years of, like, your child's life has gone by? That would suck. However, I really (laughs) think that this isn't very good at explaining the science. Yeah. Because I remember learning about this in school. Oh, time dilation? Yeah. Okay. And they always said that two twins or like two siblings or whatever, mm-hmm. one of them stays home and the other one travels for 50 years and comes back a child. Mm-hmm. But they're traveling at the speed of light. Yeah. And the person that stays on Earth is an old person. Mm-hmm. And it's like that person mm-hmm. that traveled the speed of light still experiences 50 years. Mm hmm. So it's still kind of like, because they made it seem like it goes by like. Okay, so you're explaining that. Okay, can you imagine trying to explain that to like a six-year-old or an eight-year-old? My kids are smart enough to figure it out. Those are, first of all, Cadence is smart and she's like 11. Okay. She was able to whoop my mom's ass at four years old. Okay. You know, with sarcasm. Okay, not everybody (laughs) is as smart. Not every child is as smart (laughs) as your, your youngest daughter. Okay. <laughs> I like how you're leaving my older one out of it. <laughs> she tends to... She's a, smart, but she, she's... She's smart, but like sometimes she just doesn't grasp on something so quickly. Okay. <laughs> but no, like, like one, one, I mean, obviously they don't, exp- they, they don't really explain, they don't go into detail in that concept at all, which is understandable. It's not a kid's movie, right? But, you, but you've opened the door. Mm-hmm. Okay. So one, why? And then two... The ramifications of dealing with that, you know, like, mm-hmm. for example, like Lightyear's, um, Lightyear's friend, 
uh, Alicia, Alicia Hawthorne, she goes through this life without him. Like, she sees him maybe, like, two days out of every four years, and it's supposed to be, like, his best friend, right? You come back, and you're like, holy shit, you got a kid? And you leave, you come back. Holy shit, your kid is in high school? And you leave, you come back. Holy shit, you're about to retire? Like, like that, you know? Mm-hmm. How does that not break his mind? <laughs> but apparently it did. It, 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 I don't, I don't think it broke. I think, he, I think he was just like, oh, I have to learn. His, his thing, I, I think the only thing he learned is I have to learn my limitations. <laughs> I don't think so. I think it did break his mind in the original timeline. That is not the timeline that we were in, apparently. Which that timeline makes no fucking sense. No, it doesn't. But he grew old and he grew old without his best friend and without mm-hmm. basically anybody but robots. Mm-hmm. So, Which is his own goddamn fault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, he lost his best friend, mm-hmm. and he realized that he had spent his entire life, and he was pretty close to, like, he was old. Yeah. He didn't think that he was probably ever going to be able to fix it. And he, you know, Buzz Lightyear being the guy he is, mm-hmm. I'm going to do this thing, because I know it's going to work. Oh, it didn't work. I'm going to do this thing. I'm not going to give up. Yeah. Oh, that didn't work. What? What is? Isn't that supposed to be like uh, the definition of insanity? If you do something like over and over again, expecting a different. If you do something over and over again, expecting a different result, isn't that the definition of insanity? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Cool. They've introduced the concept of insanity <laughs> in the kids' movie. <laughs> um. Yeah. So there's that with the original timeline. Uh huh. And then. I I don't know. I guess. If you were gonna make a movie about any of the Toy Story, any of the Toy Story characters, mm-hmm. I would not have chosen Buzz Lightyear. He is my least favorite character. Uh, yeah, I do remember his character being excruciatingly annoying in the first Toy Story movie. He like grew on me over time, mm-hmm. but like, I liked Woody. I thought like even though Woody would kind of annoy me at times, I liked Woody. But maybe because that's how. Because the way how Tom Hanks portrayed that character, you know, yeah. like I'm, I'm actually surprised they didn't do a a, a Woody movie, like first. They pro- yeah, they probably will do a Woody movie, but they should have done that first. I I would, you would think so based off this based off of this movie was if it was going to be a success, but apparently it like bombed hard. Yeah. Um, it took about fifty one million over the box office weekend, um, and then. I think like and that's and that's domestically, um, and so they had hope that the movie. So the movie was two hundred million dollar uh, budget, right? That's a lot of money for a fucking kids movie. Well, it's Pixar. It's animation. It's, they had to pay all these characters, all the promotion. I mean, that's. I think that's like the normal, the more the normal amount for when it comes to a Pixar movie. Um, but like, it actually Lightyear ranks lower. Um, it's behind Cars 3, which made $53 million, uh, but not as low as The Good Dinosaur, which I think is their lowest. No, actually, their lowest is actually two, The Good Dinosaur and Onward. Those were at both $39 million. I remember Onward. I did not like that movie either. Yeah, we. I remember we, we did re- reviewed that movie about two, three years ago. I think it was so about two ago. years ago. Yeah, because I remember the pandemic hadn't like really kicked up. <laughs> Or I don't think the pandemic was even around the corner. Um, yeah, and I think uh, another thing that might have hurt this movie is, and I, you know, and all four, it's it's funny how D- 
Disney makes a stand. It's starting to make a stand now when it comes to like LGBTQ um, uh, plus rep- representation, which this movie has a scene of that representation. Mind you, it's like five seconds at most, right? Mm-hmm. But there were like certain territories I was like, no, we're not going to show that movie unless you cut it. And Disney was like, no, we're not cutting it. And so I, that hurt their bottom line, that, you think? That, that, I think that also would have hurt their international numbers as well. Mm. Um, let me see. Let me see what the numbers are for international. Um, I kind of like the idea that they brought someone in who was on parole. Oh, wow. Okay, so overseas, Lightyear took... 34.6 million from its first 43 markets for a global launch of 85.6 million dollars. Hmm. That ain't shit. That's not even half of <laughs> that's not even, spent. That's not even half the budget, you know, which it, it was going up against Jurassic World Dominion and that that came on top of uh, Which is funny cuz we went to that and it was empty. And then we were like yeah. it was almost no one was there and yeah, then that's true. we went to this one and it was like not packed, but there was a lot of people. Like, it was almost full. Yeah, a lot of people. There were, like, a lot of kids and shit like that. And yeah. A lot of fucking kids. They weren't that annoying this time. Honestly, the kids were not as annoying as fucking teenagers and young-ass adults. I I honestly thought that you were going to find all those kids really annoying because, you know, you're just like... Sometimes you're going to be like, fuck, you know? Mm-hmm. And... And if you had gone to that point, you know, I would have been like, hey, it's like a kid's movie. You got to expect that. But I'm surprised you were just like, no, nah, well, that was annoying. Yeah, because they weren't as annoying because, like, I expect them to make some noise. I don't expect yeah. someone who's 17 to be. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Stupid kids. Anyway. <laughs> in a fucking Batman movie. <laughs> oh, God. Those people were, like, in their mid-20s. Yeah. Um, all right. All right. What else? Um. So, Anyways, I, th- I thought it was interesting that they had a character that was on parole. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I thought, um, who was that character? That is Darby Steele, uh, played by Dale, uh, I'm going to make sure that's the right one, Dale Solis. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I liked I liked Darby. Darby was I liked hilarious. that character. Darby was really hilarious. Um, I honestly thought I would be annoyed by Taco Waititi because a lot of his roles are kind of the same where there's they're just kind of like oh I'm just kind of just going all over the place I'm the wild card blah 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 but he played he played the character of Mo Morrison a little bit different a little bit more like uh buttoned down a bit too scared you know like a little like I said a little different than what we normally see Taco mm-hmm. Waititi so I I actually didn't mind his performance as well maybe because I'm just kind of a sucker of like his work yeah he's awesome mm-hmm um so yeah that's what i thought i just thought it was interesting that they're like oh let's have this person on parole like mm-hmm. and give her guns i when when they revealed that her her violation was stealing a spaceship i for some reason i thought it was like bank robbery or some shit like this something like <laughs> really crazy um so what did you what did you think of the twist that zerg was a future version of buzz um I thought that was a good twist. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I was like, oh, shit. Because I, I didn't know or remember mm-hmm. that they were called, or that character himself was called Zerg. Yeah. 
So I was like, oh shit, it's that one thing from Mm. Toy Story. (laughs) And he was like the bad guy that I vaguely remember because I don't remember the Toy Story movies that much. Mm. And I don't think I've even seen all of them. I know we've seen like the last one. We went to a screening for that one. Yeah. Um, So like, I I do remember that I think in Toy Story 2, they've kind of toyed with the idea that like Zerg was like um, Buzz Lightyear's father. Kind of like the whole play on like Star Wars and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, I'm like even though I have issues with the paradoxical nature of of, of an older Buzz Lightyear, I do like the fact that Twitch was like, oh, it's an older Buzz Lightyear, mm-hmm. and he's like confronting a more um, hard headed, bull headed version of himself. Yeah, and he has to do that, even though even though the un, the older Buzz's action would affect the timeline within this movie, therefore making him no longer exist. Yeah. If, if that was the case. But, you know, it's, it's a kid's movie. Who's counting? <laughs> you know, we're, they, they're talking about time dilation, but fuck it. Let's not talk about paradoxes as well. Yeah, let's not talk about anything. Let's just say he's older. Yeah, he's That's older it. and he's here. I did, think, I did think his character design was kind of funny because he the older Buzz was like... Um, he was like more, more, uh, like, uh, what's the word? Like fragile looking, like, like, like an older man. Yeah, like an older man, but he still had that big ass head. Yeah. <laughs> it's really stuck out. <laughs> um, but yeah, I didn't know that was, that was, that was voiced by James Brolin. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I knew his voice was a lot gruffer than, uh, Chris Evans. Yeah. I had one point thought that it might have been Brian Cranston. Oh, that makes sense. Which, but it, Brian Cranston's voice is too gruff now. As he gets older, it gets like more gravelly. Yeah, yeah, but it was James Brolin, which I think he did. A, he did a pretty good performance. Wait, who? James Brolin. James Brolin is 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 Josh Brolin's father. He, uh, remember we saw his father. Yeah, Josh Brolin's already like kind of old. Josh Brolin's in his fifties. James Brolin is like in his eighties like, or some shit, shit like that. He didn't sound like he was in his eighties. Oh, <laughs> he sounded like what in his hundreds? <laughs> no, he sounded like he was like in his sixties, maybe. Oh, uh, okay. Um. Uh, Amityville, uh, the Amityville House movie that we saw that for a review that we were gonna do. Oh, that's that's James Brolin to kind of give you a visual idea of who he is. Yeah, and I was like, oh yeah, he does look like Josh Brolin. Brolin. Yeah, the, you see a lot of similarities. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like, I mean, like all in all, I think th- the movie's fine. I honestly think the movie's fine. Like it's good for kids, uh, and adults yeah. can sit through it. Yeah. But I'm definitely, this was one of those movies that I'm super glad that my kids are older. Oh, and they have, like, no interest in watching well, it? I think Cadence probably still would. She's still kind of, like, mm. likes animated stuff more. But has, has Cadence watched any of the Toy Story movies? Not that I know of. I don't think Leia has actually watched any of the Toy Story movies. She mm. was, Leia was into, like, Cars and Bolt. Oh, and Bolt and- was, like... Fuck Bolt. Yeah, that and Frozen. So we played a lot of those. Uh, they like Frozen. Yeah, you like Frozen, but they well they did. I didn't. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had to. I had to watch it with either watch it or I, I was hearing in the background ninety five times or some shit. Like I that. feel like that movie came out right around the time I was getting divorced, so I wasn't watching that movie. Mm, I think so. Yeah, I, I, I didn't watch that movie. I think so, because I remember I had a copy of it. Um, sadly, sadly, Leia could never really get into uh, The Incredibles. 
No. Which, I, which I, I still think is like Pixar, Pixar's best film. Mm-hmm. Um, or she couldn't get into uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meeble. Oh, yeah. Which I thought that was fucking hilarious. Uh, I think Wally she watched a lot, too. I did not like that movie. Really? When I first saw it, I was like, what is this? Yeah. There's no dialogue. Yeah. It's the best movie. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good one. I really enjoyed Wally. I, I think I get it now, but at the mm. time I was like, "What? I don't care about this fucking robot. Um, <laughs> damn, so heartless. <laughs> I'm so heartless that, you know, told someone at work that they look like Syndrome. <laughs> oh, God, you told... I told him today that you called me an asshole. What did he say? <laughs> He's like, I can dish it. I could take it. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, like, it's a, but didn't that just come out of nowhere? Yeah. Yeah, you're an asshole. Yeah, but then I told him um, what the other broker looks like. What the other broker looks like? Uh, Colin Robinson. <laughs> I don't know what's worse. Holy shit. <laughs> also, the one that looks like the one old guy from uh, Family Guy. Oh, the old pervert guy? Yeah. Oh, that's worse. Never mind. I know. <laughs> hey there. But I showed I showed him the Colin Robinson. I was like, I'm like, have you ever seen that mo- that show? And he's mm-hmm. like, no. And I'm like, look it up. So he looked it up and he was like, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> maybe, maybe you got another, um, you got that show, another viewer. Maybe we'll like check it out. Yeah. I can't wait for that show to come back. Um, all right. So back to light here. Um, oh, no. What do you think about this movie? You think? People should check it out, not check it out, just pass on it. If you have kids, take them to see it. If you don't, don't yeah, watch it. You're not messing much. You're definitely not messing much. Um, yeah, this is straight up like kids. Like, you know, a lot, some Pixar films, they, they have that. They still have something that, like, an, uh, an adult can appreciate. Mm-hmm. Like, Up, Inside Out. Um, you know, but, like, then you get, like, movies like Onward, which is kind of, you can kind of go with it. Um but Lightyear, no, not really so much. Nah. nah. All right. So what do we got next? Next, we are going to do our variety time. So we are going to talk about Queen creates an iconic soundtrack. If you did not notice... That our intro music sounded an awful lot like Queen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then where the fuck have you been your entire life? Even I know, I right? know who Queen is. Come on, I uh, know what they sound like. Yeah, yeah, and then, and like that song, that Flash Gordon song. Um, I've always been fascinated about that song, and, and I never. I've been fascinated because I've been like I've always wondered like how did Queen get involved with that song? I mean, Queen was already like a successful uh band at the time i think they're I, I t- they, okay before that they were successful and i think their popularity was like starting to like fall down just a little bit um and then they had that huge ass event um that was at uh i'm trying to remember what it was oh it was the uh concert for the people of cap capicha k-a-m-p-u-c-h-e-a I don't know. Nothing? Okay, that was organized by Paul McCartney and the UN Secretary General. Okay, but wasn't that, that was later on when he already had AIDS, right? And after his, like, the band already had... No, I think that event, I think that event took place uh, before 1980. Um, I thought it was like 90. Oh, no, 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 no. Or like 89. 
No, Freddie Mercury didn't even make it that long. Um, Freddie Mercury died in... Uh, oh, he died in 91. That's what I'm saying. Uh, let me see. I'm trying to see what was that. Oh, no, that was that... What was that big event? Um, let me see. Freddie Mercury... I'm trying to find that word. Where'd you find... Where'd you see that word? Oh, I'm sorry. That was a Live Aid concert. Live Aid took, in, took place in 1985. Okay. Okay. So this, so the one with the Paul McCartney, that's a totally different. That's a totally different event. Okay. Um, yeah, shows how much of a Queen fan I am. I, I enjoy Queen, but and somehow when I watched Ra- uh, Rhapsody, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, all knowledge of Queen went <laughs> out the window. Like fuck <laughs> all this. <laughs> um, so what I wanted to do is I wanted to kind of give the story of how Queen got involved with um the soundtrack this this very high camp um science fiction movie in 1980 and how queen got involved and essentially made like one of their most iconic songs ever um so i found this article on uh youdiscovermusic.com and the title it which was published last year written by uh max bell uh, max bell and the title of the article is flash gordon how queen soundtracked the high camp classic okay so it was six months after uh, their latest album, uh, The Game, had came out. And uh, Queen surprised everyone by releasing the original soundtrack music to director Mike Hodges' glorious over-the-top Flash Gordon, a sci- sci- fiction, sorry, science fiction action film produced by Dino De uh, Laurentiis with a screenplay by Lorenzo Seppel Jr. Um, so what happened was that outside of the inner circle and the inner... Uh, echelons of their record company queen's work on the flash project was very hush hush uh kept under wraps so as not to dilute the impact of the movie and that was going to be released in uh, december 11th of 1980 uh so the story goes queen and producer uh ryan uh, reinhold mack did some work in uh munchen's musical uh music land while finishing work on the munich, munich. yeah munich's mu- thank you munich's music land um Having got their teeth into Flash in the early 80s, um, further recording took place in Townhouse of Advision Advision Studios in West uh, London, with Brian May handling and helming while everyone in the band contributed. Uh, The article continues, Mixing dialogue from the movie into the music, May May and company set out to match the hyper-reality of the atmospheric action and succeed brilliantly. Uh, this was no un- this was no casual tournament affair for them. In fact, it would mean they postponed releasing a proposed greatest hits uh, set for a year. Having completed the British leg of the mammoth of this mammoth undertaking with a winter stint, they called the Crazy Tour twenty shows in the, twenty shows in the UK and Ireland that culminated col- culminated culminated. Thank you, and a Boxing Day special at London's uh, Hammersmith's Odin. Uh, which was part of of the concerts for the people of however you said that in Kabucha, Kabucha, <laughs> organized by Paul McCartney and UN Secretary General Kurt Waldahan. Uh, De Laurentiis people, uh, pe- De Laurentiis people made initial contact on asking Queen to score the movie. Okay, uh, in the late in late 1979, although the great Italian producer was completely unaware of their music. Oh. He had never heard of Queen's music. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. right? 
his first question on learning on the of the liaison was, "Who are the queens?" Who are the queens? <laughs> Brian recall. Brian may recall being shown a lengthy clip of the finished movie. So this is what he said. This is what Brian May said. We wanted to do something that was a real soundtrack. It uh, it's a first in many ways because a rock group has not um, has not done this type of thing before, or else it's been toned down, and they've been asked to write mu- uh, mushy background music. We're say <clears throat> we're see we have given the license to do what we liked as long as it complemented the picture. So they're pretty much like, do your thing. Mm-hmm. Like, be fucking queen, you know? So following a U.S. tour uh, to support the game, Queen took an October, an October break and then set about con- uh, completing the soundtrack by a looming November deadline. So they had to get this done within a month. Mm-hmm. Brian and Mac um, embraced the fusion of trademark Queen uh, guitars and lavish synth accompaniment and also had no problem integrating additional orchestral sorry, arrangements by Howard Blake, the duelist. Uh, Howard Blake, who worked on the duelist, SOS, Titanic, and the Snowman, to name but a few of his original scores. A London-born composer who was also given a tight schedule. Both Blake and Queen, they were both eventually nominated for like BAFTA Awards. Mm-hmm. Um, the day that Flash Gordon was released in December 8th, 1980 coincided with the awful news of John Lennon's assassination outside his apartment in New York City. Uh, the following day during Queen's concert at London Wembley's Arena, they paid tribute by playing a version of Imagine. So th- this movie, Flash Gordon, this very campy, crazy-ass movie, is coming out of a time where one of the most legendary like musicians in the world gets shot. <laughs> so it's like, nobody's in the mood to watch this movie. So... What happened later? What happened with the album is for the Flash Gordon album, Queen maintained a hands-on approach. It was one of the band. It was the band's idea to use snippets of dialogue to give a sense of narrative and structure to dis- to the disc, and it was Freddie Mercury who used his graphic design skills to provide the distinctive look Flash Gordon Logan logo. Oh wow! So that logo is because of Freddie Mercury. <laughs> but I think that's, that's pretty fucking dope. Uh, Brian's epic opening Flash's theme was released as a single. And is the one one of the only two tracks on the album to feature form form of vocals with the guitarist and Mercury working in duet form, while Rogers Roger Taylor adds a terrific high harmony. The other straight ahead uh, vocal song, the hero didn't it, it didn't get a single release. Which like, why not? Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um. So what happens that the rest of Flash Gordon, though largely instrumental plus certain key dialogue cut cut-ins still bears all the hallmarks of mercury may deacon taylor uh and taylor enhanced by spectacle sins and visceral effects that stir the emotion and fire uh, and fire the imagination which i think is very true because whenever it, it, in my mind in my mind's eye or whatever ears whenever i hear flash gordon I hear flash ah like that like <laughs> it's never just like whatever regular stuff like that it's it's that whole it's like that whole like thing where I ever whoever see Batman in the comic books I I hear Kevin Conroy's voice you know voicing the character um, Brian's flash to the rescue is um, persecutively driven while while battle theme a fantastic display of guitar rock that builds the attention before Richard Wanger's the marching the wedding march. Or bridal theme is giving a splendid electronic reboot with lush guitar orchestras. Would you feel that? You feel that on almost all the music, mm-hmm. right? Like it's like 
it's not though the music's not overly epic but it's like perfectly epic that you want to keep like coming back and like hearing it again and yeah. again right um so queen followers laughed it up for christmas and there was a bafta recognition and an ivor novella nomination to add extra kudos to the lp the uh, which hit the uk uh charts um top 10 charts and went gold number three in the u.s number one in austria number two in germany as queen toured north america and europe to support the game that summer autumn excerpts from the soundtrack battle theme flash and the hero were incorporated into their set they knew they had a hit they were mm-hmm. like we're gonna like rock this shit out right? yeah so queen wouldn't release another studio album for well over a year though all conquering um greatest hits filled the gap with an astonishing amount of platinum some critics panned the movie flash gordon at the time although the soundtrack was widely praised uh later years michael hodgson's um idiosyncratic sci-fi spoof became either a guilty pleasure or a cult favorite that's all i hear about flash gordon it's either guilty pleasure or cult actually i hear more cult favorite than anything else Especially yeah. like now because it's the, the level of camp and craziness that, that the movie holds. Um, depending on where you're coming from, as the article says, but Queen's album is simply a solely sustained example of their creative flair. Flash, Flash for sure, funny of, co- funny of course, but always on point. So with that article, I'm going to tack on another one that the, apparently Freddie Mercury got a lot of pushback while trying to record this album. From who? Um, so there was uh, an article on Express on the Express UK website. Uh, while the film was popular in the UK at the time and a cult classic today, there were serious doubts surrounding Queen's involvement in the music that the band had to overcome. This is an article called Freddie Mercury's Queen Saw a Lot of Resistance to Flash Gordon Album, album says Brian and Roger. Uh, Roger Taylor had remembered. It was an interesting offer, really, from producer Dino De uh, Laurentiis and Joe Smith, head of Electric Records. Engineered the whole thing, really. And it was interesting, actually, because the film was a big hit in Europe and UK and flopped completely in, um, in America. Uh, commenting on Flash Gordon's movie being a cult VHS later on, Brian May had said, I feel pretty proud of the, of the Flash thing because, really, this was the first time that a rock soundtrack had actually been put to a movie which wasn't about rock music there was a lot of resistance to it a lot of people said it wouldn't work including dino so even the film composer was like this is not gonna work at all (laughs) (laughs) but like that's that wasn't the case look that just lets you know you should never ever doubt freddie mercury ever would you be surprised to know that back then Really much of, wasn't much of a Queen fan. You weren't. I, I actually for a while I thought they were overrated. Oh. Because. Because their music is so overused and everything too. Th- and that's the problem. The "We Are the Champion" song. It's played. At, or we will it, rock you. Or we will rock you. Like it's. It's played on like all like stadiums and like baseball games and like, and like satirical like scenes and shit like that. Yeah, right. And the fucking what is it the um symphony song the sympathy sympathy song i forget what it's called but it's like a they're one of their most well-known songs Mm. that one's played a lot um all right so let me see if i can find the list okay oh quick killer queen is really good oh you're talking about bohemian rhapsody yeah that one so yeah we are the champions of bohemian rhapsody those are quite those are played 
quite a lot. Also, we will rock you. Now, kid, I get it. I get it. We will rock. We will rock you. Off their News of the World album is a very iconic song, but I get tired of hearing it ever so often. <laughs> I mean, in elementary school, in the fucking bleachers, yeah. you know those wood bleachers they pull oh, yeah. out in the gym. Yeah. That I mean, that's all I remember. <laughs> And not to say that Queen is shit. Like I love Queen, but like there are every there are every album has. I mean every album, every band has a few songs that get overplayed to the point where you're just like, I don't want to fucking hear this. Yeah, exactly. For me, for example, it's um, what's her name? What's Russell Brand's ex-wife's name? Katy Perry. It's Katy Perry's uh, fireworks. I hate that song. <laughs> Our geriatric cinematic of uh, Mike Hodges, Flash Gordon. Clytus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body in the SK system, Your Majesty. The inhabitants refer to it as the planet Earth. I like to play with things a while before annihilation. Pathetic Earthlings! Who can save you now? Flash! This film came out in 1980, and the synopsis is a football player and his friends travel to the planet Mongo and find themselves fighting the tyranny of Ming the Merciless to save the Earth. Directed by Mike Hodges, written by Lorenzo Semple Jr. That name sounds familiar. Mm. Lorenzo Semple Jr.? I don't know why. Oh. It stars Sam Jones, uh, Melody Anderson, Max von Sydow, Ornella Muti, and Timothy Dalton. You know that I had to look up who was Timothy Dalton? Like... Really? No. Like, I he looked familiar. Mm-hmm. I had no fucking clue. I was like, he looks really fucking familiar. It's bothering me. Oh, my God. So I looked it up. I'm like, oh, Timothy Dalton. Okay, I got it. Yeah, he's James Bond. I know. And you've seen one of his James Bond. That's he's why doing... he looked familiar. I just yeah. couldn't place him. He's also he's also the, uh, spoiler warning, he also, he's also the villain in uh, Hot Fuzz. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um. Would it surprise you to know mm. that I always thought that I I never knew what this movie was about, mm. but I always thought, and probably because of the T-shirt with the symbol, okay, that this was the original Flash, like a movie from the eighties about Flash, like the Flash. Oh, you. <laughs> <laughs> you thought Flash Gordon was. The DC superhero, The Flash. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> God, some of the things you come up with, I'm just like. 
I've been is, sitting what, on that for a couple of days because I'm like, no, I'm gonna save it because I know that he's gonna it's gonna blow his mind again. Yeah, I was like, oh, I'm so glad we're friends. I like, I love love it when you do shit like this. You mean when I'm stupid? I don't want to say no, no, no. I'm not saying you're stupid at all. I'm not saying that. I just the fact that like you're so. You're so away. Your 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 childhood. You're so re- your childhood is so removed from like the pop culture zeitgeist <laughs> that you would think Flash Gordon is the Flash <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> like that's some shit some old people do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what? That reminds me too. Uh, that reminds me too when we were t- when we were discussing about next week's episode what we're gonna do. And I was like, oh, have you seen this movie? And you're like, I've seen Jawbreaker. Oh, I'm like, yeah. why? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so Flash Gordon, the 1980s uh, sci, fucking high sci-fi science fiction action film. Um, uh, I, this, this film actually played a lot on like the sci-fi channel um, when I was growing up. And... Um, I think that was kind of like for them to kind of get an idea of if, if a Flash Gordon would make it uh, be a success, success story on television in like modern times, which I think that kind of like opened the door for them to do like a Flash Gordon TV show that didn't last very long. I think mm-hmm. it was on for like a season. Um, but I distinctly remember really enjoying this movie, uh, especially like one part of the movie where he like jumps at a camera like, yeah, like that kind of thing. <laughs> like, yeah, it's badass, you know. Um <laughs> You know, so Flash Garden was somewhat part of my childhood. Um, but typically, no one gives a shit about what I think. Uh, was the most important part is what does Kelsey think about this movie? I love this movie. I honestly hope you would, because this is kind of right up your alley. I was sad that we didn't watch this together, because this would have been so much fun to watch for the first time with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I apologize for that. You should. We, you should have had me watch the other movie by myself. Lightyear? Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it would have been totally weird, like a 40-something, close to 40-something-year-old black man going to see Lightyear by himself. No, it's not weird. Like, people do that all the time for Pixar shit. Yeah, that's why we keep a close eye on those people. Yeah. But you don't have to worry about you, because you're you. You Yeah, exactly. So you're a pedo? Ew, no. Exactly. I'm just a suspicious-looking character, I guess. I wasn't going there, but fuck. I'm just saying. <laughs> Kelsey views me as a pedo. I don't view you as a pedo. You would not be allowed near my children. Yeah, sure. Very true. Um, okay, so... Uh, what did you like about this movie? Oh, I think it would have been easier to tell, like, ask me what I didn't like about it. Okay, so yeah, let's, let's, <laughs> let's switch it over. What you did not like about this movie? Nothing. <laughs> All right. I liked everything about this movie. Uh, I like the music. I like how cheesy it is. Mm. I think Sam Jones is ugly as fuck. He looks weird with that hair. There's something about like his hair and his face. Really? He looks fake. Like they put bad hair on him or something. Okay. Or like they dyed his hair blonde and they shouldn't have or something. I I I I. I've- I have I have the the opposite feeling of him, of the way like, he look he looks like he would have been a huge star in the eighties. Granted, his acting ain't worth shit. Yeah, but like like he I think he would have been like a like I don't like I don't know how far his career went. Um, like I don't have it right in front of me, but like he would have been great as like a B movie action star. 
you know, just kind of like just keep going, keep trucking along these movies and shit like that. Yeah, like I, I'm not saying anything about that. I'm just mm. saying he looks weird. <laughs> um, I thought Princess Aura mm-hmm. had me drooling the whole time. <sighs> yeah, before we started recording, you were just like that woman was beautiful. Yeah, like I think the hottest person I think I've ever seen. So, so, um. So Sam J. Jones, he did have a very busy year as an actor after Flash Gordon. Before that, he did a movie called Ten, and before that, he did a TV movie. He did a movie called Nine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, he did a, a, a movie called Stunts Unlimited. It was a TV movie, but after that, he was in a number of series. He was in like the show Hunter. I remember watching that as a kid. Uh, he did a TV movie called The Spirit, Under the Gun, White Force, L.A. Takedown. Uh, actually, he did a movie called White Force, Driving Force, One Man Force. <laughs> All different characters. <laughs> the fuck? I know, right? So he, he's, been, he's been steadily working uh, shit. Fuck, up until this point. Yeah, he has a movie coming up. As in post-production, it's called An Unlikely, Unlikely Angel. Uh, A3 movies to his credit now granted none of these movies i've seen or heard of (laughs) the only thing i can say that i've seen him in is that movie ted oh he was in stargate sg1 was he oh he was in silt stockings i watched that (laughs) oh he was in conan the adventurer i'm like going through i'm like holy shit he's in walker texas ranger ranger i watched that pacific blue Oh, he was in Renegade as different characters. I'm sorry. I'm just going through like television like in the <laughs> 90s with, with this list right now. Um, but, but clearly, like, he, I don't think he's ever reached the fame that is of Flash Gordon like after the movie. Yeah. Um, so who, uh, who else caught your, caught your eye in, in this movie? What did you think of Timothy Dalton as Prince Berlin? Sorry, Baron, Prince Baron. He reminded me of um Nuclear Man or whatever he's called. From the from uh Superman uh no. the the search for peace? No. Okay. Um New York Ninja. Because of the lips, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can totally see that. <laughs> Uh, I, be- I believe that was, I think that that character name was uh, Plutonium Man. Oh, yeah, Plutonium Man. Plutonium Man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Max von Sydow. Legendary awesome. actor. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, granted, granted, that's a serious, like, a, a character stereotype, even though it's supposed to be, like, an alien, but his name is yeah. Emperor Ming. Like, come on. Um he, he sure shit like hams the fuck out of this yeah. out of that role. One person who I really do like is um, Peter Wingard, who mm-hmm. played Clytus. Yeah, especially his death. <laughs> Love his death. It's like nasty as fuck. With his eyeballs like come out of his like eye sockets and something like yeah, <laughs> like he just threw it all up right before he died. <laughs> um, I actually really liked Clytus. Mm. Um, he kind of reminded me of. I know it's just a mask. Mm-hmm. Who's the guy from Nip Tuck? Oh, the actor? Something McMahon. The actor? Mm-hmm. Um, are you saying... Are, <laughs> all right. 
let me let me let me let me let me just take a shot in the dark of why you think it's that character or why you think it's that actor i don't think it's him i think he looks like him oh okay but if you remember he only had on a mask the whole time that mask looks like whatever that oh my god hold up hold up hold up hold up I swear I've seen him wait, with wait, wait, did you, did you, did you. <laughs> 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 up. Okay, so here, so let me let me let me let me go through your your mind palace right now. My mind palace. <laughs> this is why I think you're thinking. Okay, I think you are referring to as Julian McMahon. Yes. Okay. Now here's why I think you're thinking of Julian McMahon. Because mm-hmm. you're thinking of him when he was in the Fantastic Four movie as he played Doctor Doom, where he wore a very similar iron mask. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> it's moments like these that really make our friendship, our relationship special. <laughs> Absolutely love it. Um <laughs> uh, Oh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, what, what was the character? Uh, uh, Princess Aurora. So what? What? Aura. Aura. Sorry, Princess Aura. My bad. Your boo. Uh, what was it about? I mean, you—you have already said that you find her very attractive. Did did her did her acting help? Did it, did it kind of like amplify that or? Did no, it? she's not. I mean, she's not a good actress. Okay. But she wasn't that awful either. Mm-hmm. Like. I could tell she was just being herself. She wasn't really mm-hmm. acting. Mm-hmm. So in a way, kind of lent to the seductive nature of her mm-hmm. without her trying too hard. Yeah. Like out of Princess Aura and Dale Arden, Arden, I, I would, I would, I would roll with the princess. Yeah. Like she, she looks like she'd have, a, she looked like she had fun as fuck. But you also like crazy. So was she crazy? She was fucking psycho. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. Dale Arden. Mm-hmm. Um, so Melody Anderson looks a lot like a young uh, Rachel Weiss to me. I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. Um, did you, okay, did you find the chemistry between her and Sam Jones convincing? Mm-hmm. No, but it wasn't her fault. It was his. I think it was more of his fault? Yeah. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Um, so one of the thing, one of the things this movie is mainly known for is the sets, the set design, mm-hmm. the, the special effects. Mm-hmm. What, what did you think about about those? Everything was great except when they were flying. Oh, I loved it when they were flying. Well, no, when they had their they were being flown in. Oh, the Hawkmen. Yeah, uh-huh. I didn't like that because you could tell like that the background behind them was moving mm-hmm. and their bodies were like in a position where they weren't. They didn't look like they were flying. They were just, just like suspended in a weird way. Oh yeah, yeah, I got you. But everything else was great. <laughs> I uh, I one one of the things that I actually really loved about th- some of the designs is the rocket cycle that Flash Gordon rides. Uh huh. Like, like I know it looks it looks cheap. It looks it looks corny. But there's like that part in the movie where where um. Well, Del Arden and Princess Aurora, uh, Aura are like 
they're holding each other. They've lost all hope and everything. You know, Flash Gordon is dead, or they think Flash Gordon is dead. And you hear that Queen song that dun 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 dun, and then like Dale Arden's like, I don't know what I'm gonna do, and you just hear Flash, ah, and he's like riding on this rocket cycle. I'm like, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. Doesn't he like put his arm up too? No, he doesn't. No, but he, it's so funny. Because <laughs> he's, like, holding on the bike, and he's, like, smiling. And he's got the dumbest fucking smile on his face. Like, yeah! He does. And guess what movie that makes me think of? Hmm. <laughs> Free Willy. Oh. Holy shit! How? 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 Please, explain. I he just looks stupid. <laughs> Just like, like, the, like the part where Willie, where, where the whale's like going over the boys. <sighs> so a scene where a dude is an intergalactic superhero is riding on a on a rocket cycle <laughs> through the air. Yes, I think smiling like an idiot reminds you of a boy <laughs> having a whale just fly over him. Yes, God, your mind is is so fucking perplexing. Jesus. Um, My brain doesn't make sense to me either. So. <laughs> some of some of the um, some of the set designs remind does remind me a lot of the uh, German uh, German film uh, Metropolis, um, the 1927 uh, German film called uh, Metropolis, which is a great, great, great German film that I it's a German expression uh, German expression science fiction drama, but like you we directed by. Fritz Lang, but when, if if you ever watch that movie and then you watch Flash Gordon, you see the similarities. Like mm. like Metropolis is said to be like the the grandfather of sci-fi. You know this this you can tell, um uh you can tell this is where Ridley Scott guys I got the look of Blade, uh, Blade Runner. You can th- tell this is where George Lucas got a lot of ideas for Star Wars and stuff like that, and you can see it. Within Flash Gordon, the design, the craziness, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like, if that movie was in color, like in, like how Flash Gordon is, it would look similar. Like you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Mm. Um, so like it was, it was. I don't know. It was like it's so cool that like a movie, a movie that's like a movie that's like almost like sixty years, you know, uh, old, and have an influence on like this campy science fiction film. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I. It, it, I have a question for you. Yeah. So you know when everybody was gathering to give like pledge something to Emperor Ming, mm-hmm. and they had a faction of people that were like. Yeah, there were like there was a faction of people that were like all gold, and they they were like black people. There was like uh, the Hawkmen. There was Prince uh, Prince Baron's people and stuff like that. They were like I guess like green green people like not green people but like earthy type people i guess Mm -hmm. okay did you see the stereotype with the black people Uh, why because they're covered in gold no because um i felt like because they like the hawkmen were lying in that in that case but i felt Hmm. like they were just looking like the way they were being treated or something was like Mm. Not necessarily that the black people were being stereotypical, but like how they were being treated it was, was stereotypical. Yeah, I can see that. I, I I didn't notice it, but I I can see that, especially like 
you know, you know, quote unquote wokeness wasn't as as there as it is now. And they also didn't really get a a huge part at all in saving anything. Exactly. Yeah, just all the white people save the day. But hey, at least they were there. (laughs) Oh God. (laughs) Um, you want to get into the discussion? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, so I thought it'd be great if Kelsey and I give our our idea of a Flash Gordon film. Like, who would direct, who would write, you know, bonus points for who would star and who portrays certain characters and stuff like that. Um, so, Kelsey, uh, what would your Flash Gordon movie be? Okay. Uh, directed by Nicholas Winding Refn, whatever his name is. Winding Refn? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Didn't think you were going to go there. Really? I didn't think you were... With I had, all the colors and the... I had, I, had, I, have, I had two directors in mind, and I was like, I'm not going to use them because I think Kelsey's going to use them. Second would be Dennis Villeneuve. That's not... I did not expect that at all. Really? I had thought that you were going to go with uh, Taika Waititi and James Gunn. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Definitely I, Taika Waititi, but... Yeah, and I believe like Taika Waititi had been trying to make Flash Gordon, but like mm-hmm. it, it eventually fell through. And even if you watch Guardians of the Galaxy, you get little bits of DNA yeah. of Flash Gordon with, with that with that movie from James Gunn. But go on, please. Um your your Nicholas Winter reference movie. Okay. Uh, who like what's the next spot you want me to fill? Uh, writing. Have any idea of who would who would you get to write that script? Um, I was thinking it probably would be Taika Waititi that he would write it, but I don't mm-hmm. know how. We're just going to be completely hypothetical and say hypothetical. that's fine because I don't honestly think Taika Waititi and Nicholas would work well together. No, like their energies are too different. They're just too different. It's two different energies. Yeah. I'm just saying, like the colors mm-hmm. with that writing. Okay. 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 Next. Um. Yeah. I I, I saved about. I put a list up for you. Oh, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the docket, it's under like Kelsey's like the format. I have the format. It's under like oh, yeah. Kelsey's uh, Flash Gordon. Because I definitely didn't fill it out, but <laughs> I was already thinking about it. Okay. All right, uh, Flash Gordon, lead actor, Chris Hemsworth. That's mine. You're looking at mine, actually. No, I'm not. Really? Yeah. Okay. Chris Hemsworth. Okay. Emperor Ming. Mm -hmm. I couldn't think of one for that one. Okay. Like, he's kind of, like, already older. Mm -hmm. And, like... All right, let me let me throw one. Maybe out. maybe <laughs> hear me out cuz okay. it's already kind of old. Please, let's w- w- fucking carb launch that shit. Nick Cage. Why are you fucking stealing my shit? Really? <laughs> go on, go on, go on, go on. Just go on. Just fucking go on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dell Arden. Mm. I I'm really not up on like people younger than me who mm-hmm. are acting right now. Mm-hmm. So really I was thinking Rachel Wise, but she's kind of too old now yeah okay but what about uh florence Pugh? if anything i would give her princess aura that's uh, uh, yeah as soon as i said i was like oh that's that's the prince of aura role yeah okay um yeah so i can't i couldn't really think of anyone for her mm-hmm. um dr han zarkov yeah the scientist the, the one who got him in, into the rocket ship yeah um and by all means, if you're if you're like I got nothing else for the rest, you're more than welcome to stop. 
Yeah, I didn't. I, I kind of think like the guy who played the bad scientist from um, Jurassic World Dominion. Biddy Wong? No, no. Oh, he's he also. I did have one for other than Nicolas Cage for Emperor Ming. BD Wong oh. would have been great for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that's who I was thinking earlier. I, I thought that's the thing. In, in my in when I was thinking of my cast, I was like, well, I would probably want an Asian person. But I'm like, but like that's kind of like an Asian stereotype. They're doing that character like, and he's the villain. And I, like, I'm tired of seeing Asian Asian actors play villains and stuff like that. So that's why I was like, I'm not gonna put like an Asian. Asian actor in that role, mm. but BD Wong. I, I imagine if BD Wong did it, he would he would ham it the fuck up. I mean, he was great in fucking Mr. Robot. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and he was like queer. Yeah, yeah, he's he's queer. Yeah. No, I meant like in the the sh- the character in the show. Yeah, he's, so it was he's really he, great. Yeah, he's queer in real life too. Yeah, I'm just saying like the character was great, yeah. so it would fit. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Prince Voltan, or Voltan. Mm-hmm. Gerard Butler. And I told you, he kind of really? looked like him. Like how he would. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, how he that, like that was, I, I had a thought about that too, but I, I, didn't go, I didn't go with Gerard Butler. You didn't? No, no. I thought I was like, I, honestly, I was like, Kelsey's probably going to go with Gerard Butler. Because I already mentioned that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Princess Aura, I honestly don't have. Like. Obviously, you said Florence Pugh, which mm-hmm. fits. Mm-hmm. Um, also, um, Elle Fanning, maybe. They okay. both have a similar look. Okay, I can see that. I can see that. I, th- I just it sounds like Ellie, uh, Elle Fanning is. She's like too small or something. I don't know. Something about it was. It. Who did you pick for? Um, oh, you haven't said who you picked for for Prince Baron, have you? No. Okay. All right. Because. He just reminds me of someone that I knew. Okay. So I can't, like, I can't right, think of right. anybody. So Prince Volton, you already got for Gerard, Gerard Butler. Uh-huh. All right. So for Clytus. For Clytus. I don't know. Fucking don't say it. But go on. Don't say what. No, no, it's going. I'm just hoping. I'm just hoping you. I'm just hoping you and I aren't thinking too much alike. Oh, too much alike. Yeah. I I'm having a hard time with this one actually. Okay. All right. Um, all right. So. Wha- so you should just say your list now. Oh, yeah. So I'm gonna say my list now. Okay. So I've I've actually separated with uh, director, and then director in their cast and then another director in their cast oh okay, okay. so you have two picks i have two i have two picks right even though it's, it's not completed but it just kind of give you an idea so my idea edgar wright okay okay um the writing duo of edgar wright and simon Pegg. Okay. like their their writing style is like boom good okay boom Fla- good okay. yeah boom good flash gordon chris hemsworth mm. <laughs> emperor ring nicholas cage <laughs> <laughs> um del arden Maybe Journey Smollett. I want to put some color in in that in that cast. Okay. I, I, you know, I'm just like throwing that out there. Doctor Hans Zarkov, William Defoe. Okay. All right. Prince Aurora, Lily James. Here's why. Oh, I'm Lily James. Why did you just say that? <laughs> uh, Prince Baron. Uh, Carl, Carl Ur- Urban. 
kind of, but he's too much. He's too much? Like, that's the thing. That character was a lot. You know what? Hmm. For, you know, I think I know who I would choose for uh, for Clytus now. Who would you choose for Clytus? One of your favorite guys from Evil Dead. <laughs> Bruce Campbell? Yeah, I'll put Bruce Campbell there. Hmm. I would say yes, but Bruce Campbell wouldn't take that role. Yeah, but it's hypothetical. That's true. But even in a hypothetical role, world, Bruce Campbell wouldn't take that role. Oh my god. Two reasons. One, you don't kill Bruce Campbell. And two, you don't hide he you don't hide that beautiful mug of his. That's why he would do it, because if he's dying, no one knows him. <laughs> uh Prince Voltan, uh Joe Mangelino. Okay. I I picked that. And Clytus, Tiger with DT. No, he's too much for that. Exactly. I would want him to be a lot okay. for that role. Now, in a world, Flash Gordon is made by Robocop director Paul Van Herven. Oh, I'm totally with that one. <laughs> with the writer of Robocop, Total Recall, and Starship Trooper, Edward uh, Neuenmeyer. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're already yep. getting a bloody fucking movie. Uh-huh. Okay. Flash Gordon, Brandon Lee. Okay. Emperor Ming, Michael Ironside. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Dale Arden, Elizabeth Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Dr. Zan, uh, Dr. Hans Zarkov. I didn't, I didn't come up with someone with that, with, for that. Prince Aurora, Sharon Stone. Okay. Now, this is 90s. This is 90s Sharon Stone, so it's going to be, you're going to see her vagina. <laughs> Uh, Prince Baron, uh, Miguel Ferreira. Uh, Kelsey, if you don't remember, Miguel Ferreira was the um, was the cocaine snorting businessman from RoboCop, mm-hmm. the one who blew up, who got blown up with a grenade. Oh yeah, that would be he would be Prince Baron with his like deep voice and shit like that, and just being an asshole. Uh, Prince Bolton, I didn't come up with anybody, and uh, Clytus, I would pick uh, Kurtwood Smith. Uh, if I remember correctly, Kurtwood Smith, Laren Spotkin. Okay. And specifically, like be- him. specifically because in RoboCop he said, "Bitches leave." <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who did okay. you Who did you say for your second list for Emperor Ming? Uh, oh, Michael Ironside. I have a better one. Okay. What? Uh, uh the guy from Adam's Family. Raul Julia. Yeah. <gasps> Yes. <laughs> yes, because he would sell the fuck out of that role. Yeah. Yes, totally. And, and him in a Pullman of a Van Hoven film, mm-hmm. Hervin. Oh, I want that movie. I want that fucking movie now. <laughs> um. Oh, you know what? <coughs> no, he wouldn't do. That. He wouldn't work with him. Hmm. I was gonna say like, oh, for Emperor Ming. Get David Bowie, but I don't think I don't. He wouldn't do Paul Van Hoven and David Bowie. They wouldn't, they wouldn't gel well. I wouldn't no. think they even in a hypothetical. I don't <laughs> think they, I don't think they would work well. That's not truly a hypothetical if you're thinking about all the roadblocks. Is what I'm saying. <sighs> I know, but like to me, like even for my list, for you, that's the thing for your list. Even though it like kind of fits, it still fits. Uh-huh. Like I like I, I I guess you're right. I'm thinking too much on this, but yeah. like I, I'm thinking of like what what's you know 
I didn't know you could hear me scratch my chin. I I didn't know either until you pointed it out. David Bowie. I can see him as Emperor Ming, but he had to be... Uh, I wouldn't see him as Emperor Ming at all. Could you see him in this movie? I, I, I would see him as Dr. Hans Zarkov. Yeah, let me see. This is during the 80s, so he's kind of toned down his mm-hmm. his persona. Yeah, I can see him as I can see him as that. Yeah. Yeah. I can see him as that. Yeah, yeah. <gasps> okay. Um All right. All right. Let's take um let me, I, I, wanna, I, wanna, so, I feel like I made your night with Raul Julia. <laughs> you did. Holy shit. Um, okay. So if I could change Emperor Ming, I would change him to, um, I would change, fuck, I can't, hold on, hold on. I would change Emperor Ming to, uh, Jesus Christ, I can't fucking find it. Okay, there we go. <laughs> I would change Emperor Ming to Tim Curry. Okay. I see that. Tim Curry. Oh, you know how I would try to... Okay. Okay, now, now I'm just like going through my head of like all the possibility. Um, it, it, him with... Uh, and directed by... Uh, what's the homeboy's name? God, and we were, and we looked at that movie too, and you fucking loved that movie. Um, I was trying to find a place where I could put. Um, I fucking can't remember her name. And she was in Agents of Shield. Uh, okay. If Brian De Palma had directed it, remember Brian De Palma did Phantom of the Paradise. Oh, that's true. Yeah, so I would picture Tim Curry in. As as Emperor Ming, if he did that movie, yeah. Um, what, what character from uh, Agents of Shield? Um, I don't remember her name. Uh, is it uh, Ming Ming Nan Wen? Mm-hmm. Who was she play? I don't know. Huh. Like I feel like maybe she would be like a a gender change, a gender swap. Like, Man. what if she was? Um, Prince Voltan, but she was a princess. Princess Voltan, yeah, yeah, yeah. Voltana. Or, Voltana, or <laughs> or or she could be. Prince- or she could be Empress Ming. Uh, I wouldn't want her to die though. I I, I would totally want her to be the Prince Baron. Uh, She'd be a badass Empress though. Yeah, she would be a badass Empress. That'd be pretty dope. Prince Baron is kind of a douche. I don't see her feeling that at all. She I feel- was, I mean, she. If you think about an Agents of Shield, she was kind of a bitch, but like rightfully so. Yeah, but she had a reason, and like, I just felt like Prince Baron. Yeah, he just like Timothy Dalton. Like, was kind of vanilla in that role. Like, yeah. like he was good, but mm-hmm. I just felt like he didn't. That character didn't serve much of a purpose, and he was kind of mm-hmm. a cuck. Okay, I can see that. I can see that. Okay, yeah, so now she's Ming Nan Wen's too good for that. Yeah. She's too good for that. <sighs> Raw Julia. Mm-hmm. Fuck. That's such a good one though. <laughs> I still like my Paul Van Hoven movie. Yeah. Yeah. God, you gotta take my fucking Nicolas Cage and Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> I was like, fuck. And I swear on everything I didn't see your list. <laughs> that was straight. <laughs> 
Hmm. Um, okay, so <laughs> so all so back to the movie. All in all, do you think Flash Gordon still holds up? Yeah. One hundo. I think it. I think it holds up, but just for like the level of obviously the effects don't hold up. But I think, I think that's what still it's makes still, it still like so much fun. Yeah, it doesn't take you out of the story. At, I mean, it does, mm-hmm. but you're still having fun. Like yeah. you're not like, oh, that looks so stupid. Like, why am I watching this? You're yeah. like, oh fuck, this is a great movie. I want to get high. <laughs> I know. As you're th- as you're saying that, I was like, what drug would I be on to watch this movie? <laughs> Probably on ecstasy. On ecstasy, really? That wouldn't be too distracting. Maybe acid. Oh, acid's more of a. I definitely wouldn't do shrooms. I think shrooms would be too intense to watch this movie. So maybe on acid, either acid or just really high as fuck on weed. What about meth? <laughs> no. I don't know how that affects people because I haven't had that. <laughs> oh, not at all. Actually, this movie would be great, and I'm sure I'm sure plenty of people have done this before. This would be a great drinking movie. Yeah. You take a shot every time you hear that Flash Gordon song. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> take a shot when when uh Sam Sam J. Jones' acting gets stilted as fuck. <laughs> take a shot when someone says Flash. <laughs> I also love the fact that he went up there to save Earth mm-hmm. and you never see Earth again. Seriously, you all you know like, is and like you know the timer counts down and nothing. So you're like, like, oh, they fucking lost. This yeah, this movie does this thing where like it's it's counting down the time. It's like three minutes left, but uh, like like the fight, the like the the whole scene where Flash takes the ship into like Emperor Ming's castle mm-hmm. takes like ten minutes to get there. Yeah, <laughs> which I forgot to mention um, before we end it. That third act battle mm-hmm. is like a good thirty to forty minutes totally fucking worth it it's like this big climactic battle that just keeps going and going and going and it's fun as fuck to watch especially with that banging soundtrack hmm. um what do you think about denise richards as uh dale nope, nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> she was in all the 90s movies and i can picture maybe like nev campbell as dale her performance would be a lot better yeah it is, I Denise Richards. I did, she won. She's overrated. When I was just thinking that it's like Denise Richards. Yeah, it's, it is based off her look. I can't think of a single movie that I was just like, wow, that's a great performance. Tammy the T Rex. <laughs> that movie is not no way known for its great performance. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think the movie still holds up as well. And that's a great fucking movie. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. Um, all right, is that it? All right, so that's going to be it for our show for this week. We want to thank everybody for joining us um, uh, on t- for this week's show. Uh, we especially like to thank the folks over at Your Entertainment Corner for hosting this podcast on their website. Uh, you can find all your film film news, TV news, and reviews at yourentertainmentcorner.com. Uh, we would like to mention that this podcast is on all podcast catchers, you know, wherever they can be found. Uh, so for... Next week, we're actually going to come back again for another show for next week. Originally, we were kind of up in the air about it, but uh, I want Kelsey to watch not just the recent review. I really want her to watch the geriatric cinematic and talk about the movie. Um, So our recent review is going to be Scott Derrickson's The Black Phone, which is in theaters on Friday, June 24th. Uh, Our geriatric cinematic is going to be 1989's Heather's. Uh, starring you know, Winona Ryder, Christian Slater. Um, 
that movie is streaming for free on Prime Video, Shutter, Tubi, or is available to rent on Amazon, YouTube TV, Apple TV, and other VOD services. Uh, the topic for that week's show is killing it in high school or getting killed while in high school. Mm. We'll find out. Principal Tan. Okay. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Huh. Ah, Flash Gordon! <laughs> <laughs> you guys are stopping for me, Danny DeVito. <laughs> Jesus, Flash! <laughs> and it's not even sober Danny DeVito, it's drunk, fucked up Danny DeVito. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit, I gotta fly! I gotta fly, fuck! <laughs> oh, 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 oh! Uh, Prince Baron, Michael Keaton. You know he can be a big fucking dick if he yeah. wants to be. Yeah. But that day, oh shit. Raw Julia is Emperor Ming. <laughs> 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 Prince Fulton. <laughs> Side me up. Oh. <laughs>